I wonder, <clears throat> at home or in your automobile, are you adoring him this morning? Uh, I sure pray that you are. Hebrews, back to the book of Hebrews. About three weeks ago, the Lord led me into the this passage for a little sermon on a faith lift. And uh, when we moved the schedule around just a little bit, the Holy Ghost made it very clear that I was to go a little deeper in this passage. And this morning, I want to move from a faith lift to a faith life. This morning, I want to preach for a few minutes on this subject of faith life, a faith life. You know, I was thinking about that, sitting there watching the choir sing. I love technology sometimes, and it was pretty sweet this morning. I was looking across the choir, I saw some things that moved me to tears. I saw a brother on the front row that didn't know when he was uh, standing in the choir in that year that he would have double lung um, transplant, that he would face the physical battles that he would face, and so many others in the choir with issues and burdens. And then I looked up as they scanned the soprano section, and there was Kathy Adams. You know what? She didn't know she would be in heaven. And you know what the truth is? You don't know what you're going to face this week or next week, next year or next month. You better and I better have an understanding of biblical faith and understanding how to navigate through this world in the mess that it's in. By the grace of God, we need full functioning. Bible faith in these moments. The good news is her faith became sight, and she is right now on the other side, probably watching this uh, in a different way than you are with your technology. Um, I, I just want you to know that if there's ever been a moment in time that dad, you, or mom, a young person, a grandmother, a granddad needed to understand the principles of faith and live by faith, it's right now. Yes, we are in a, a moment of pandemic in our country. But way beyond that, you know, the enemy, uh, the Bible talks about him uh, like a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may destroy. And, and just by virtue of time, things are growing worse and worse, as the Scripture said that they would. The good news is... <clears throat> Jesus' coming is near. Uh, it's way nearer than it has been. We don't know exactly when he's going to come, but we know what the Word of God has to say regarding this subject. Let me, let me give just a wee bit of background for those of you that maybe weren't in the service or did not see the live stream a few weeks ago on the subject of faith. Um, we said that faith, there are lots of definitions of faith, but one of my favorite ones is faith is a leap into the light. Faith is turning the unseen into seen. We'll see that in the Scriptures in just a moment. Faith is saying that it's something so because God said it was so. In fact, it's saying it's so before it's so. In order for it to be so because God said it was so, as that precious man of God, Manly Beasley, taught us years ago. Faith, very simply, church family, this morning, by the way, some of you already think about clicking that little off button. You know why? You've not lived by faith. You don't know what it means to live by faith. You've lived by sight for so long. These mysteries of faith, the depth of the Christian life doesn't appeal to you. And I want to challenge you the same way you got in, the same way you came to faith, 
in Jesus Christ, if you came to Jesus, if you're born again, you at least had faith one time in your Christian life. The often, the fact happens, though, many, many times in a lot of people's lives is they then draw back in their faith. We're going to see that, too, in a moment. And they do not live the life of faith, and as a result, miss out on so many miracles and blessings that God has planned. So I, I want to preach on this faith life and begin by just looking at chapter 10 and verse 32 at where we were last um, in the last sermon on faith. We saw in verse 32, first of all, the fight of faith. You know, the, your, your faith's going to be attacked. Now, finish this with me at home. And boys and girls, see if you can do it. Faith comes by hearing, yes, and hearing by the Word of God. I can hear you say that by faith. Uh, I know you know that when God speaks something to us in His Word, when God reveals something in His Word to us, it's at that point, only until, only after God reveals His truth in the Word, can we then believe what He said in His Word. Believing God's Word is faith. Faith is mysterious. It's unseen. You know, you know, the truth is, we talk about heaven. We talk about, well, you've never seen heaven. You believe it, though, by faith. You've never, you've never, uh, ex- really, you can't see salvation. You can't see a heart being changed by the blood of Jesus being washed over it. However, we believe it because the Bible says that if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just forgives our sins. Faith in the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So, first of all, there's the fight. Look at verse 32. But call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. I've already preached this, so I'm not going to take much time other than to tell you this fight is going to remain all the way from the moment before you get saved. When the enemy tries to tell you, wait till later, don't believe that. Don't choose to, to put faith in that truth of salvation. And from that point all the way through till the trumpet blows, there's going to be a fight engaged in your life. The enemy will do everything he can to cause you to question the Word of God. It started back in the book of Genesis. Yea, hath God said, Adam, the serpent said. And all the way from that day to this, the enemy will try to cause you to doubt the Word of God. Your flesh will doubt the Word of God. I was remembering the story just quickly to illustrate of Elijah. Do you remember after the miracle on Mount Carmel? He comes down from the mountain and uh, he's so discouraged. He runs all the way back to Jezreel. He gets there. He leaves his servant in Beersheba. This is in 1 Kings chapter 19 if you want to look it up. And, and there, there he leaves him and he goes down. He gets up underneath the juniper tree and he says, Lord, I'm just... I'm in a mess. I wish you'd just kill me. Uh, you know, and, and all this faith, by the way... This fight of faith doesn't just happen before you get saved. It happens all through your Christian life. This is the man that just stood on top of Mount Carmel and called the fire down. And now in his life, even after that miraculous moment of faith, in this moment right now, the fight is on and the faith is being attacked. And he's questioning everything he believed. He ends up getting underneath that tree and, and then thank God the Lord comes to him. Then he begins to believe God and everything changes. But the fight is on. By the way, what, are you, what fight's going on in your life right now? Do you have a wayward son or daughter that you haven't heard from or they haven't made a profession of faith yet? I wonder. Are you wondering how you're going to buy Christmas for your family and, and you're just troubled about it? Have you got yourself into a mess? Or maybe you're listening and watching this 
this live stream today and you're not saved and you know it. And the Holy Ghost has been knocking at your heart's door. You don't get saved by going to church. And by the way, one good thing we've learned in this moment of times when we cannot meet personally is coming to a building doesn't mean you're saved. Coming to Jesus by faith means you get saved. That's all that is about. So stopping to look at the fight. First of all, the fight of faith. And then we see, secondly, the flight of faith. Boy, you remember that time when you used to, as a believer, some of you I'm talking to, used to have great faith. Man, you trusted God. You laid hand, You laid hold on the promises of God. You would believed Him. I'm watching cars pull by giving. Remember when you used to tithe? <laughs> you used to give. Boy, I'm telling you, I have faith to give. And you used to, man, you loved to give because you knew God was, was faithful to take care of you. And you were going to invest that in the gospel work and in the kingdom work. But something happened. Maybe you, you got a demotion instead of a promotion or, or something happened. You got to thinking about yourself or something or somebody else more than that. And the next thing you know, you say, well, you know, I don't think I'll tithe. I think I'll just tip God a little bit. I think I'll I'll pull back, I'll draw back in my faith. Or you used to pray and believe that God had heard you and was going to do what you asked Him to do, but something changed. And your prayers become a, a, a form. I'm talking about the flight of faith. Look at verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back in his faith, My soul shall have no pleasure in him. Will you take a moment and evaluate your faith right now? How much faith do you have right now? I'm telling you, some people love to live in a point of misery their whole life. Well, I'm in bad shape, preacher. Okay, I don't know if we're going to make it or not. I don't know what this country's going to do. I'm just, uh, boy, well, i I tell you what we're going to do, what this community's going to do, what this family of faith is going to do. We're going to believe God. That's what we're going to do. We're going to stand on the Word of God. That's what we're going to do. We're going to live by faith. We saw the fight of faith, and it's going to be a fight. We saw the flight of faith when we used to believe, but we're drawing back in our faith. But then we saw in the last, and I about finished up here, we saw the full assurance of faith. You want to see where I got that term? Look back in Hebrews 10 to verse 22. Hebrews 10, 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Now look over to Hebrews 11 and verse 1, and remember these words that I lifted from the text last time. Now faith is the substance. Right now. The same way that our forefathers stood on the principles of God and believed Him, the same way they saw the faith become sight, the same way God began to work in their lives. Look here, it's the same principles today. God hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And by the way, forever, O Lord, the Bible says, thy word is settled in heaven. Do you believe that or not? Well, I believe that. I believe you do as well. Well, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. You remember what I said a couple or three weeks ago? Some folks never get beyond hope. Boy, I hope our pastor does okay. (laughs) Oh, I I hope we make it through this pandemic. I hope we churches don't have to shut the door. I hope my candidate... Listen, hoping is what lost people can do. Faith is the substance. It's a reality for you as a believer that a lost person doesn't have. Faith is is your substance of things that started out as hope. How do, how do I turn hope into faith? One simple answer, the Word. 
the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Lord, what in the world is it I'm asking you to do? Well, get down and get your Bible down and ask God, Lord, what do you want to say about this? What do you, what's your heart on this? And God, you show me what you want, and I'll join you where you're at work, and I'll watch this become reality. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. I circle that. Not seen. You see, faith is mysterious. Faith doesn't operate in the seen. Faith operates in the unseen. Hey, the most obvious illustration for this is the building I'm standing in right now. And some of you have been here so many times before. Hey, a long time ago, this was someone, this was a manifestation right now of someone's faith years ago. Somebody believed God. Somebody trusted Him. We began to pray and ask God to help us win souls to Christ. Then we started asking Him how to, how to house them, where to put them. And as I stand here and preach, the cars pull by as people are bringing their gifts. You know why? Because they believe the vision that our pastor has cast about planting churches. They can already see it with the eye of faith. Now, the church in Togo is not in existence yet. There's not a pastor there. There's not people there. There's not a building there. But by faith, our pastor saw it. And now we're seeing it. And we're giving to that vision. You don't give to something you don't believe. And you don't see. We began to see it, but it's unseen to the physical eye. But watch this. For by it the elders obtained a good report. That's God's Word. Through faith we understand, watch this, that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Did you know how your world got here? You know how the ocean got here and the firmament got here? Do you know how the, the sun and the bright stars got here? God said, stars appear. Uh, the Lord said, uh, right here will be an ocean, right here will be a mountain. God spoke it, and it came to pass. Same way he operates today, through his word. Stay with me, I'm about to start new territory here. I'm just, I'm, I'm just anchoring in. Look at the next phrase. So the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. Now, over in verse 1, we saw the things that were unseen. But he said, now I want you to look at the things that are seen. Let me tell you where they came from. They didn't come from things that appeared. They came from faith. They came when God spoke it, and it became so. Now, let me just point out, as we move to the third element of this faith life, there's going to be a fight, fight of faith. Secondly, there's going to be a flight. In many, many a Christian's life, they used to believe God, but no longer are they. They are drawing back in their faith. There's going to be a full assurance of faith to the man or woman of God that decides, I'm not going to live my life on a roller coaster. I'm going to live my life by faith. I'm going to have a faith life. But then, but then I want you to notice, beginning in verse 4, that he lists Abel. By faith, Abel. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch. Verse 7, by faith, Noah. Uh, verse 8, by faith, Abraham. Come down to verse 11, by faith, or through faith, Sarah. Now, <clears throat> he's giving us some illustrations. You know why? Because if you're from North Carolina or from somewhere else and you ended up here, we're a little simple on things. We have to, this is such a deep, mysterious truth. By the way, if the Holy Ghost is not helping you right now, you're not getting it. 
I want you to listen with your heart to what the Spirit of God has to say to the church this morning on the subject of faith. By faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. These are men, and the reason why they saw God work in such supernatural ways is they tapped into what I'm preaching to you about today. You don't think there was conflict going on in their lives? You don't think they were challenged beyond measure? They lived a more a harder life than you and I will ever know. But they learned what it meant to walk with God and to live a life of faith. I'm going to unpack that in a moment. But first I want to show you, number four, the form that faith takes. The form that faith takes. Look at chapter 11, Hebrews 11 and verse 13. These all, the men I just mentioned and Sarah, died in faith, not having received the promises. Did you see this? These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed they were pilgrims and strangers. Now, you say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, I I see four things here. I'm going to give them to you real quick. It's the way faith operates. It's a form that faith takes. It it happened in each of these men's lives here that are illustrated in Hebrews 11, and it'll be the same way in your life. You want to become a mother with great faith? You want to become a father that knows something about faith? You want to become a young man that experiences God at a different level? A young woman? A family? A ministry? Then understand this form that faith takes. You know what Abel in verse 4 offered a sacrifice? You know what he he had to do? He had to see it. If he hadn't seen that there was a sacrifice coming by the name of Jesus who would shed his blood, then Abel wouldn't have brought a blood sacrifice. He'd have brought something like his brother brought, some beautiful offering of vegetables. But by faith, he saw it. Did you know Enoch, you know what? By faith, Enoch saw the resurrection. Long before Jesus would ever rise from the dead, Enoch got to walk out from the earth right up into heaven. He saw it. Noah saw it, even though there had never been any rain. There had never been an ark. (laughs) You didn't need an ark because there hadn't been a flood. There hadn't been a flood because there hadn't been any rain. He never saw it with a physical eye, but by faith, he saw it. And here's what he saw. He saw that Jesus Christ, is the ark. And when the great storm of sin and hell comes, all you and I have to do is get in Christ. And if we'll get in Christ, and we'll put our faith in Jesus and what He did on that cross, we'll be safe and secure, and we'll make it to the other side. Church, I want us to be people of faith. I want this church to be a church full of faith. We have a pastor, God has called us, that by faith sees into the future. He hears from God, and He leads us, and we must join in faith. What God is saying. Before I really help you understand this truth, I want to give you the quote that Lee Ingram that we loved. My mentor of many years said before he slipped off to heaven with that cancer in his blood. He said, the resurrection proves that sometimes God doesn't always come through till after death. The resurrection proves that sometimes that God doesn't always come through until after death. Did you see that in the Scripture? Listen to this. 
Verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises. Well, let me ask you a question. Your mama or your daddy or your grandmother or granddad that knows God and loves God, when they died, listen to me, they believed Jesus was coming again, but he hadn't come again, had he? He's not come again yet. He's not returned for his church to take us home to heaven. But I'm telling you, this truth right here of this form, this is exactly what happened. You've got to see it and believe it, even if it don't make everything milk and sweet milk and honey. Even if everything you ask God for isn't exactly what it is you want. I'm talking about understanding this form. Notice it in verse 13. Number one, they saw it. The best illustration I know begins in verse 8. You can look at it while I'm giving you these four things. Number one, Abraham saw it. Now, Abraham had a, uh, was a very wealthy man. He lived in a, in a place called the Ur of the Chaldees. He had a nice life. He had uh, a beautiful family. He had a wonderful place to live. And God met him one day and said, Abraham, I want you to leave. Well, okay, God, where am I going to go? Well, I'm not going to tell you that, Abraham. You're going to have to believe me. I'm telling you, I'm going to take your seed, and I'm going to bless you, and they're going to be like the sands of the seas for multitude. I'm going to bless a a nation through you, Abraham. And Abraham, listen to me, he saw it. You say, how do you know he saw it? Well, look down in verse 10. The Bible says, first of all, he obeyed in verse 8. He left the place where he was and obeyed and went out not knowing whither he went. Number one, he saw it. You've got to see it in order to step out in faith. You've you got to see it first. You won't step out until you see it. Abraham saw it. In fact, look at verse 10. He looked for a city whose, uh, which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham saw it. Do you see that in verse 13? They hadn't received the promises, but they saw them afar off and were, number two, in the process. Number one, you got to see it. <clears throat> I'm preaching in this room, and one of our interns, Jason Bass, sitting back there in the back. Jason grew up in this community. He, uh, he served in volunteer fire. He, he's had jobs in fire uh, work you know, all these years. But God came to call not long ago and tapped him on the shoulder. Now, let me tell you something. Listen, at this point, when God begins to speak to you and he has a challenge for you, he has an opportunity for you. By the way, whose are you anyway? Do you belong to yourself or you belong to God? When God comes to call, you have a choice. You come to God, you meet with God. But when you see it, you've got to see it. If God's calling you, if God's drawing you, if God's giving you an opportunity, say yes to God. I remember, Jason, that struggle going on in your heart. To determine, God, are you calling me? If you are, I want to be obedient to you. But first of all, you had to see it. I couldn't tell you about it. Nobody else could. It took God to do that. Then you saw it. Do you see it? Look at your Bibles in verse 13. After they saw it, the Bible says they were persuaded of them. Not only did they see the promise of God by faith, they they began to be persuaded. It began to be real to them. Did you see that? They were persuaded of it. No longer was there a lot of question. They knew it was so, and they could go ahead and tell you that in my heart, I know God has done this. God has revealed this to me through his word. Number one, they saw it. Number two, they were persuaded of it. Do you see the third one? Then they did this. Watch this. They embraced it. It became their own. What it is that God said to you and said to me, and what it is you need to hear God speak on right now, 
First of all, you've got to see it. And only the Holy Ghost will help you to see it. And then you've got to be persuaded of it. Number three, then at that point, you begin to embrace it. Now watch this. This is big. After they embraced them, look at this, they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims. Number four, they confessed it. Number four, Jason, you remember when you stood up here on this pulpit and you read your scripture and you told your whole church family, God has called me. And here's the scripture that he used to confirm it. You know what? You would have never confessed it if you hadn't saw it and been persuaded of it and embraced it. Now, look, I, I, I used that illustration of him, but I'm talking to you, wherever you are at your house right now. You may have just gotten a diagnosis. Some of our people have. You may be shaken to the core. Your husband or wife might have walked out the door. You might be facing the hardest moments you've ever faced. Well, for goodness sake, it's time to walk in faith now. Don't let every wind and every wave of adversity drive you here and yon. Find out, God, I know what's going on in my little world right now. I want to know what's going on in the unseen world. You show me what you want, God. And when you see it, watch this, when you see it, there'll be peace that'll come to your heart and you can walk then in faith and live the life of faith. You'll see it, you'll be persuaded of it, you'll embrace it, and number four, you'll confess that everything's all right. I don't know, I gave illustrations last week. You've heard me tell some of these. But my, one of my favorite stories along these, these lines is the story Manley tells of the young woman that graduated college, she got her, uh, she was looking for a job, and she couldn't find a job, and she had all that debt, and she was staying at her mom and daddy's, <clears throat> she loved her mom and dad, but I got news for you, after you got out of your, the house, you go to school, and you get your plan, you know what you want, and then you can't find a job, and move back into your room, and it's kind of a, not a good moment, and so she came to church, and Manly was preaching on the faith life. The faith life I'm preaching about today. And he talked about getting a word from God, listening for God to speak, and then taking God at his word and asking God to give you some answers from this word. So she prayed. One day she was in prayer and the Lord spoke so clearly. It was so sweet. She went, uh, did some applications, and, and she uh, interviewed with this company. And boy, about that same day is when God spoke and she came home and her mom and daddy said, Honey, have you found the job yet? She said, I did. I have a job. And they were elated too. They're ready for her to go, you know. They're saying, Oh, good. You have a job? Yes, I do. Well, where did you get a job? And she said, I don't know yet. <clears throat> and they said, Well, what do you mean you don't know yet? You don't have a job if you don't know. She said, No, I just know I have a job. The Lord's let me know it. And everything's all right. She had, listen, she had a full assurance of faith. She saw it. A month went by. A month. And they're giving her a fit. Honey, you, you don't have a job. I do have a job. Don't have to apply anymore right now. The Lord's already let me know everything's all right. She'd tell people, I got a job. Well, where is it at? I'm not sure yet, but I got a job. By the way, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had that kind of an intimate communion with God where God can make things real to you? I told you last week about Arthur and my stepfather and knowing that God was going to save his daughter. Well, this girl was that convinced. 
And then the telephone rang. And it was a woman from Human Resources of that company she interviewed with a month before. And the woman said, I'm so sorry it's taken me this long to call you. She said, you remember coming to us on the 3rd? Remember that interview? Yes, ma'am, I do. She said, I have in my notes right here that on that day I wrote down that this is the candidate, this is the person we want, and actually you were hired that day. And because I have gotten swamped, And because I have not been able to communicate with you, we're going to go back to that date and we're going to make your pay retroactive back to that date when we hired you. You say, Pastor, does that really happen? That's an absolute factual story of a young woman that learned what it means to walk by faith. Taking God at His word. That's the form faith takes. Let me hurry. I'm almost done. You ready for this? After we talked about, number one, the... the, um, fight of faith, and then the flight of faith, and then the full assurance of faith. I just showed you in verse 13, chapter 11, the form that faith takes. But then I want to show you, (laughs) number five, the fact of faith that nobody wants to talk about. (laughs) This is the one, the fact of faith that nobody wants to talk about. This is the one, listen to me, you know what we all want to believe? We all want to believe the, um, the nursery rhyme reality of God. You know what that is, don't you? That everything's going to be perfect, that we're going to live happily ever after. We're not going to have any conflicts. We're not going to have any problems. The only one problem with that, it's not what the Bible says. Look at your, look at your, uh, your Bibles, and I want, I want to show you beginning in verse, well, I'm going to skip all the way down to verse 30, hmm, Well, look at verse 13a first. Chapter 11, verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. Now look at verse 35. Chapter 11, verse 35. Women received their dead to life again. By the way, Abel was killed. Why? Because of his faith. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Wait a minute. You just messed my theology up on faith, Pastor Tom. Look, this is a fact of faith nobody wants to believe. Look here, when you begin to take God at His Word, you have to take the results as well. And sometimes faith doesn't always come out with a happy ending. Sometimes faith is finding out what God would be more glorified in. And in Abel's situation, God was more glorified, allowing Abel to die. But not only that, look at verse 35. Women received their dead to life again. Others were tortured. What? These are talking about faith people here, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. You know something? Some folks were tortured and killed for their faith and would not deny it, knowing that it would bring more glory to God and they'd have a better resurrection. Look at verse 36. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonments. Hey, you don't think those... People of God that have been in prison for their faith were men and women of faith. Just because the Lord didn't get them out of prison, just because everything didn't go perfect in their life, I'm telling you, here's a fact of faith nobody wants to talk about. And that is sometimes when you're standing in faith, you still get sick 
and you still are in the hospital like some of our people right now. And you don't understand, well, why don't God heal me? Well, why don't you have enough faith to believe that God knows what He's doing? He may be going to save your son or your daughter. He may be going to use what you're going through to change a community or a church for the glory of God. Real faith takes God at His Word even if it isn't what I want to hear. Which is the case often. The fact of faith that nobody wants to talk about. We'll look a little bit further. Scourgings, verse 36. Bonds, imprisonments. Listen, look at this one, verse 37. They were stoned. These are some of our brothers and sisters. By faith, were stoned and sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword, wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Did you know there are people right now being persecuted for the gospel's sake? All over this world. There's a persecuted church. Some of those people are the greatest people in faith that you and I will ever know. And we'll see them all when we get to heaven and we'll hear all their stories. And yet we think if everything don't go our way, well, God's God's forgot about me. No, no. There's the fact of faith. And that is sometimes everything don't work out all the way we think it should. I wish you could read the rest of that text as it relates to that because of time. I want to tell you in this fight of faith, just before I give you my last truth, the happy, joyful ending. In this fight of faith, you have, a, you have an external enemy, the world. This world is not your friend. This world system doesn't believe what you believe if you believe this book and love God and hang on to the principles of faith. That's why this is such a mystery to you. You've got an external enemy called the world. Did you know you have an internal enemy? It's your flesh. Your flesh will fight against all of this truth because your flesh is all about the seen. But faith is about the unseen. You not only have an external enemy, the world, and an internal enemy, which is the flesh, you've got an infernal enemy called the devil, and he hates it when you begin to take God at his word. I just remembered something, and I'm going to give you my last point. My mother was married to a, uh, my father was a drunkard, and uh, I, I love my father, but alcohol had really taken over his life, affected their marriage, affected our home, and the Lord took him home when I was 10 years old. He was 46. My mother used to go down the street, four doors, and pray with a friend of hers. What I remember is those little pink curlers that women used to wear when I was a little boy, tight little curlers they put up in their hair, and it looked terrible. They wore a scarf over them. Some of you older people remember the scarf over the little pink tight curlers. And she'd have a little coat tail on like a a house coat, and I'd see her fly out the door down to Vaymeyer's house. That's her, that was her friend's name. And they would pray. Vay's husband had left her with those two girls. And, uh, <clears throat> and they would pray. You know what my mother told me not long after I surrendered to preach when I was just a young boy? She said, you know what I prayed for and believed God about? I prayed, Lord, I'm embarrassed bringing a child into a marriage like this and a home so divided. But God, I pray you give me a preacher. Would you help this child? Would you, God, would you call him? Will you use him? You see, that's faith. 
Now, let me give you my last. And by the way, God did that. Not much of one, but one. The last truth we saw, we see, number one, we saw the, the uh, I'm going to go back to chapter 10, we saw the fight of faith. Number two, we saw the flight of faith. If any man draw back, my soul will have no pleasure. Number three, we saw the full assurance of faith. Number four, we saw the form faith takes. See it, embrace it, persuaded of it, and then confess it. I just talked about number five, the fact of faith that nobody wants to talk about, and that is sometimes it ain't always the desired result of your flesh. But God has a plan. But finally, I want you to see the focus of faith. And in order to see it, you've got to turn over to chapter 12 and look at verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Look, listen to this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our what? Faith. The author and finisher of our faith. Did you know where, where our focus has to be on when it comes to faith? Get your focus off, you'll mess everything else up. It's Jesus. Jesus, what are you doing in this moment? How are you going to redeem this pandemic? How will you use this for your glory? Who are you going to save? Hey, yesterday, I was in an event. I was outside, you can tell. Every time I'm outside at this age, in the evening, I get a little, um, a little I feel great, but it just my voice just sounds a little weird. But I was at an event, and in that event, there were two people there both of whom are people that I love and have prayed for, and I had no idea. And guess what I found out yesterday? I'm so excited about this. I want to tell the stories, but I can't. Too personal. One of them is a young feller. The other is one that's not so young. And I found out before I left that event that both of those people who hardly ever are in this building, listen to me, since we started webcasting, since we started the live feed, which is just since this pandemic, they both watch our services, which means they hear the gospel and the word of God's pouring over them. That wouldn't have happened without this. We've got to get our eyes back on Jesus. We don't look to each other. We don't look to the church. We look to the Son of God looking unto Jesus, the author and finish of our faith. Here's what I want to ask you today. Two minutes. Here it is. Do you have a faith life? Are you a man or a woman that is walking in faith? Ma'am, sir, deacon, teacher, daddy, mama, teenager. You're walking in faith. Let's live the faith life. Let me close with this verse. Without faith, Hebrews eleven six, it is impossible to please God. Impossible. You want to please Him. I believe that. You want your children to please Him. We want Him to be pleased with this church. Well, the way that will happen is by faith. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Oh, Father, today, all over our five counties, 
men and women and boys and girls are sitting and watching and listening, and many others will later, to what you have to say, and only the dear Holy Ghost will be able to reveal truth to us regarding the subject of faith. Lord, we have some men and women of faith in this church. Thinking of that man that got that diagnosis this week, and yet the Word of God, he's been declaring it and posting it, his confidence in you through the Word. We're trusting you, God. Lord, there's some boys and girls that sure need a daddy or a mama that knows how to look beyond the scene into the unseen world where God is. Look into your word and find out what you want to do and where you're at work. Oh, God, strengthen the faith of your children. Increase the faith of this church for your glory and for your gospel in Jesus' name. I wonder if you're sitting with your family right now, you might just want to gather everybody all up together and kneel down to pray. And thank God that He saved you by faith. And maybe say with your arms around your family if you have one, Lord, I pray you'd give me great faith to pass down to my children, my grandchildren. Lord, make this boy here a man of faith. Lord, give my daughter great faith. Increase the faith of my wife. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Lord, we know we'll make it through this because of you. And we'll make it by faith. And one day sitting on the other side, we'll talk about the day when we had to meet in the building with four people in it. Webcast all over because of a pandemic and we'll see all that you did through it by faith we love you and bless you and thank you in Jesus name amen amen amen